You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Stugatz, huh? Thursday night football, we thought it might be a good one. Not really. It was a total dud. I am so proud of you. For the first time, you didn't say, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I do care if you were wondering I if I care how you're doing. How are you doing? I'm doing you saw me yesterday, but I'm doing great. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I mean, it's an early one you for us. Ah, uh, you know, I'm here. Shitty game last night, Patriots and Bills, but great uniforms. Oh. I, if the Patriots ever play another game wearing anything but the uniforms they wore last night, I'll be disappointed. I mean, yeah. seriously. I could do without, and I don't want to sound, you know, like a curmudgeon, I could do without the whole Josh Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick love fest, because you know Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't actually love Josh Allen, right? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I do know that. I just feel like maybe Josh Allen's like, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm assuming they played together, right? There was probably a little bit of uh I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick has played with everybody, so. Yeah, no, he played on the Bills for sure. I'm assuming there was a little bit of, a, of an overlap there, and that's why it is that Josh Allen was running around with a Ryan Fitzpatrick autographed jersey that he made out to him or whatever, right? right. But also, I kind of got, and I don't want to sound, like, rude, I kind of got, like, this year... Ryan Fitzpatrick maybe seemed a little bitter to me. You know what I mean? Especially like with the Tua situation, with the Brady stuff. So I feel like if they played on the team at the same time, that Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of like, yeah, I should be starting over Josh Allen. 
Which right. at the time, maybe he should have, because maybe that's when Josh Allen. I know, but how many over. examples does he need of coaches thinking that he's not the starter? I mean, he played Listen, for 100 man, teams. He was, a, he was a water slide away, and he'll say he was not, but he was a water slide away from right. possibly still being the starter for the yes. commanders. So. Right, exactly right. It's his fault. Don't blame everyone else. Don't go to water slides. Don't go to a water park right before the season. This, of course, according to a caller to a DC radio station. Which he, which he denied to us and got very upset when we asked about that. Got very mad at me. I was so shocked by that. I thought he had a good sense of humor, you know? Yeah. This is a weird place for us to start. We should should we is. talk about football? I mean, the game was... Well, here, so listen, the Bills are the Bills. They've won three straight. That's my analysis. The Bills are the Bills. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. They beat the Patriots. I'm tired of Mac Jones. Tired of it, okay? I don't want to hear that he's good. He's not that good. Uh, but Belichick has done a very nice job this season. But here's the interesting part of the for the Bills, Billy. It's a big weekend for you on a couple of fronts, okay? You have Tua, and we'll talk to Chris Sims about this, Tua going to San Francisco against Chris Sims' best friend, Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. who is the head coach for San Francisco. So you have a chance to really stick it to Chris Sims, who was still not sold that Tua is a great quarterback. But Buffalo, the next two weeks. Billy, this is why this is going to be so much fun down the stretch in the AFC East. Buffalo plays the Jets at home, and then the game you want to go to, the Dolphins and Bills in Buffalo in mid-December. Billy wants to go to it, and I keep telling him he's crazy. But that's why the AFC East is going to be fun, Billy. Back-to-back games, Jets at home, Dolphins at home, which is pretty much going to decide that division. I did want to go to that game. I'm starting to realize I probably don't have the clothes that I need to (laughs) go to that game, if that makes sense. Billy, if you knew the amount of money I spent on getting my daughter prepared for a Syracuse winter, because one of them is attending Syracuse, I cannot explain to you how expensive it was. Okay, I mean, I experienced a... Chicago winter where it was in the negatives this but also I was going indoors to get out of it like this would be out right. in the elements for hours so I, I don't think that my body is ready for that by the way we have a huge week today on this show we probably do. too many people too many things going on we're going well, to start off in, the case <laughs> yeah well we're going to start off in a little bit with Chris Sims here but we also have Matt Rule who's going to be joined by his friend Mike Golick and Jabba yes. Chamberlain because Jabba's a Nebraska guy. So we figured this is a perfect fit. So Jabba will be in there. So an old friend and a new friend because, exactly uh, right. spoiler alert, I think Jabba and Matt Rule hit it off, you know? I, I think I think maybe, maybe. I think definitely Jabba thinks so. <laughs> so we have Jabba and Matt Rule together. We have Austin Eckler coming back. We have Golick. We have the BCS. Oh, yeah, the BCS. Yeah. I forgot we have the BCS. Yes. Oh, we have Drew Rosenhaus finally is going to make oh, an appearance in yes. our segment with Chris yeah. and them. The reason I say, oh, yes, it's a horrible way to preview the show, but Billy and I know what's coming up and you don't, and it's all good. <laughs> like, yeah, and you're probably going to be turned off when you see how long the episode is. Don't be. I'm telling you, it's just a lot of stuff but it's right. like short bits of stuff but it's just a lot of stuff crammed into like a little tiny package it's like but it's, you know those cans of like fake nuts that you open up and then like the fake snakes come out and they hit you in the yes. face and you're like how the hell do they get all that shit in there that's yeah. what this episode is it's a can of fake snakes i love a good can of fake snakes yeah. i mean nothing scares the f- out of you like a can of 
Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, we already had the Chris Sims, who's going to join us first. Do we have a DraftKings game this week, Bill? We do. Go to dkng.co slash Lebitard uh, to compete against us in weekly fantasy. $50,000 budget. You guys know the deal. You've done it a thousand times. Do it again against us this week. I'll be competing. Stugatz will be competing. Uh, and you'll probably beat us because the two of us never actually win. Right. All right. So we have Matt Rule coming up. We have uh, Drew Rosenhaus and Chris Gronkowski, that whole crew coming up. We have uh, the BCS coming up. With a surprise member of the BCS committee that no one knew was in it before, we'll be making an appearance to present the BCS with us. Yes. Uh, And here's a little hint. It's the bear. Okay, good. Uh, We're going to Sims first? Yeah, let's go to Sims. You just want to get right to the fighting? Yeah, let's get to it. I mean, look, and I'll tell you guys right now, you probably saw there on the internet, Chris Sims a little under the weather this week, but didn't take it easy on him. If he's here, he's going to compete. And to his credit, he did compete. He competed. Uh, To his credit, he played with pain and fulfilled his weekly obligation here on God Bless Football that he doesn't have to fulfill. Yeah. Oh, I also want to point out, just because uh, it, it was in the news, we talked to Matt Rule before all of that stuff went down in Nebraska, so that will not be mentioned, yes. and it's because we talked to him, like, Monday. So, yeah, just Spoiler a heads alert. up on that. Yeah, yeah, we talked to him on Monday. Uh, by the way, during uh, Austin Eckler, speaking of when we tape stuff, you'll hear somebody blurt out <laughs> a big celebration because the United States finally scored a goal in soccer. Yeah. Anyway, with all that said, let's get to our buddy Chris Sims. We love him, but today we're going to fight with him. Sims is with us, PFT with Mike Florio, every day on Peacock, Unbuttoned Podcast, Football Night in America as well, Sunday Night Football. Uh, Chris, what do you make here of what's going on with Kyler Murray? Forget about the Patrick Peterson stuff where, you know, he said Kyler only cares about Kyler. More like just the way he threw Cliff Kingsbury kind of under the bus here. Uh, I find it pretty interesting because Cliff Kingsbury is the guy that loves Kyler Murray. And my concern is if Kyler Murray can't get along with that head coach, the head coach that selected him when they already had Rosen, what head coach is he going to get along with? Well, yeah, and, you know, they have history. I mean, going back to his high school days. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, he recruited him when Cliff Kingsbury was at Texas A&M. Right. You know, so – he, he, like, really loves Kyler Murray. And I, I don't think there's any love lost there. I think, though, that Kyler Murray still probably loves Cliff Kingsbury. Listen, there's, there's frustration there. I've heard, and I've said this type on pro football talk, you know, there, the things Patrick Peterson said, the things that Larry Fitzgerald alluded to a few Monday nights ago in the pregame show in, Monday, uh, in Mexico when they played the 49ers, those rumors were out there. I think that maybe Kyler Murray rubbed some of the veteran players the wrong way when he first got on the team. You know, now, as far as, like, last week, you're talking about when he threw him under the bus with, like, that we were schematically yes, right? Correct, yeah. I, I, You know, I, I mean, damn, he's just answering a question. Right. Could he maybe answer it a little more politely in a, in a way? But I think he was just trying to say, like, they got us, and that happens. I don't care who it is. I can go to a few places in Minnesota last week and go, hey, they got Belichick. You're going to get got in every football game, you know, but there's just a spotlight on them and their lack of offense and why isn't Kyler Murray the same and, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and end of the season fallout. And I think that, you know, has gr- kind of, what do I want to say, grown a life of its own to a degree. So I didn't look at it as throwing under the bus. I kind of looked at it like, oh, maybe you could have chose some different, you know, words there. But 
I think he was just trying to be somewhat honest and going, hey, they, they schematically screwed us there. They had two plays called. They had a run play and a little screen play to the, the pass. And I think they got a defense that after the motion went across that they didn't think they were going to get. And they were kind of screwed with either play. And then he just kind of had to throw it up. So, yeah. I, again, I'm not, not going to read too deep into that. All right, look, we're honest. You got Zach Wilson. We'll get to him in just a second. Well, no, Zach, well I'm shocked we didn't start with Zach Wilson. Uh, I did. All, right, all right, we're here. Dude, let's I go. Mean, let's get to it. I mean, I've been come on here to talk about Kyler Murray press conference. I've been worried about two things this week: your health and this coming up now with Mike White Don't and Zach worry. Wilson. And I'm, I'm worried sorry about you this. Thought I was in a bad mood last week. I was not in a bad mood. I just you got caught me in the wrong second. I was worn out. And everything. So I didn't let's think you were in a bad mood. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the sparring with you and Mikey A. And I'm going to enjoy more of it right oh, now. No. Mikey A, have at it. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, let's talk about Miguelito Cocaina. A little Mike White action oh here. <laughs> so how? That's my question. Like how how is Zach Wilson supposed to be as good as he is, but Mike White? make the offense I, and i don't think mike white is the answer i'm not going to sit here and tell you you mean the mike guy white who is played the guy. two and a half games last year and threw eight interceptions isn't the guy <laughs> sure. for the future yeah okay <laughs> but what i'm saying is why does why why is he doing things that zach wilson hasn't been able to do in two well, years what, what's going my, on mikey yeah it, it's listen first off i really want to make this clear mike white did a very good job and i'm not trying i want to make it clear he did a great job and Listen, if the team and the organization don't like Zach Wilson and everything like that, and he they don't think he's the guy for the future, then they benched him and it's the right move, and that's fine with me. But if they think he's the future and the guy, then I still think it's one of the dumbest decisions I've seen in football this year. Mike, yeah, here's the first thing. The Bears are the closest thing to tanking in football right now. You can't even tell me half the guys – more than half the guys that are even playing on their defense. I'm obsessed with the game, and I'm watching on film going, wait, who is this guy again? Wait, wait, who is this guy? Oh, shit, I've never even seen this guy, let alone their three best players from a below-average defense weren't playing. Again, Mike White, I don't want this to be about him. It's not about him. This is a game, as I said to you last week, that was – I knew that was going to happen. If Zach Wilson played – do I think it would have been as good? No, maybe not. But, but you would have won 28 to 10, like instead of 31 <laughs> to 10. I mean, I watched this game thoroughly. I got in-depth notes, and we could sit here and go through it. They played two coverages the whole game with maybe one of the worst defenses in football. They've given up, and the game couldn't have been easier. This is why you play Zach Wilson. This is the game you look for as a quarterback to go, wait, I'm playing a shitty defense. I'm going to get some easy completions, and this is going to be good for stats, and we can get something going in the right direction. And to me, that's where they dropped the ball in a big-time way. Why do you think Robert Sala didn't play Zach Wilson when it was a perfect opportunity to kind of get him back on track? I think they were scared at first. I think it's a great question because I've wondered the same thing. And I've brought up the question to a few people, like it, – it, I would think, first off, they were scared that maybe Justin Fields was going to play. I, and to Mayor, maybe they were scared, wait, we might have to score a lot of points, and then they didn't trust him. I don't know. I really don't. I'd have a hard time thinking that that Bears team, especially when Mooney went down, that they were going to have any success at all against the Jets defense that's good against the run and flies around the field. I, I don't know there. 
You know, I, I really don't. I'm, Bruce, I'm, don't you think it's Salah perhaps like saving faith? Like, listen, the press conference was bad. The game was bad. The press conference was even worse, okay? You let the defense down, just be a man and say, hey, I let the defense. I didn't play sure. well. Let's move on to next sure. week. Can it be like, hey, if you're Salah, I'm sending a message. I don't care if it's the quarterback. I don't care who it is. You're going to you're gonna sit, have some humble pie, and I'll bring you back in a couple of weeks. But I'm going to send the message even if it's to my franchise quarterback. Well, I, I mean, listen, if we're going to get that picky about no, like at a throwaway question at the press conference, then right. damn, we got to start sitting a lot of people around football. You know, again, I don't mind. And you could have threatened them other ways. Hey, we keep playing like this and we might have to think about a quarterback change. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could have done to end humble pie. You know, so uh, again, I just don't agree with the decision for the simple fact of, you know, what are we looking for for the future? And, you know, to to the question a second ago, yeah, I, I think this was a team that I looked at and went, well, you're going to have success on offense this week. Let's gain some confidence. You know, you got to go through some of these tough times. To me, it's, it's part of the quarterback position. It's part of the growth. And you're winning games in the process of doing it. That's why I didn't think it was the right time to do it. Justin Fields earlier this year was way worse than anything we saw with Zach Wilson. They didn't right. even want to call passes. Yes. He was going seven for 21 in games. They were they threw the ball 11 times in a Sunday night football game against the Green Bay Packers. Like They were literally like, whoa, we don't even want to show you. But they battled through it. They got the offense orchestrated around them. And then it became unstoppable. Could kind of say the same thing about Trevor Lawrence that way. And then the big thing is, to your point, Stu Gotts, and I'll ask you, Mikey A., because, like, if it's legitimate in that you're going to evaluate it week to week and do all that, well, man, what, when are you going to turn to them? Because, like, Minnesota's defense sucks, guys. Like, they're going to move the ball this week. Right. The, the Patriots' offense sucks, and yeah. Mac Jones lit them on fire. Everybody lights them on fire. So when is the timing going to look right to go back to him? And that's where I have some issues with the whole thing, too. Uh, what are you expecting? We haven't seen him play quarterback in two years. And so, yeah. Deshaun Watson, uh, listen, for the off-the-field stuff, it's hard to ignore. Uh, it's nearly impossible to ignore. But he served his suspension, and now he's coming back to play quarterback. What can you expect? From, what do you expect from Deshaun Watson after not playing for nearly two years? Rusty. Uh, I expect rustiness. Like like we saw a little bit in that Jacksonville preseason game, right? I mean, I, I don't care who you are. It's just too it's too hard to just jump back on and the speed of the game and and I don't even against the shitty Texans, it's it's still gonna be a lot. So, you know, I think it's just a good chance for him to get out there, get used to the game, get a few completions. They should be able to run on the Texans. It's an all-time horrible run defense in Houston, so that should bode well. And they should be able to keep it simple, play action pass, do that type of stuff with them. So that's what I expect. I think the game could actually be somewhat closer than people think because I think yeah. Houston and that fan base will be charged up and want to shove it up you know, Watson's butt for yeah. a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, in between that and his rustiness – you know, I could see Houston hanging around and making it interesting for a little while, but ultimately Cleveland will win. Chris, the 4 o'clock games are fantastic. Let's. Oh, uh, my gosh. Uh, amazing. Uh, let's start with Chiefs and Bengals, okay? Because as good as Patrick Mahomes has been, and he's great, uh, and that team is great, every week, man, Joe Burrow scares the f shit out of me. Like, I'm not certain, Chris, if I had to choose a quarterback to win me one game, I wouldn't choose Joe Burrow. You so how do you not. see this game going down? 
Uh, I, uh, I mean, Billy's saying you wouldn't do that. You would not choose Joe uh, Burrow with one I, I mean, I'm not certain I, I, I would take Joe Burrow, man. I don't disagree with what man. you're saying, Stu. He's got a, a really rare gift of being able to play really conservative, take care of the ball, get the ball out of my hand, don't let this bad offensive line, let them ruin the game by not protecting me well enough. Oh, wait, I got an extra second, and there's a guy open down the field for, for a 30-yard game? Zoom, boom. Okay, conservative, conservative. Oh, wait, I got protection. He's open 30 yards. Boom. That's where. And then there's just nothing that flusters him, to your point, Stu. Like, nothing. Nothing. It's just like, he's like, oh, yeah, hey, got my head knocked off in the f-ing divisional playoff game against the Titans. No big uh, deal. We'll just yeah. keep playing and we'll win the game. I mean, hey, we're <laughs> playing the Chiefs and around. Got no people big deal. all over me. Right. And, oh, no big deal. And, you know, we'll win the game. So there's some truth to what you're saying. For me, he's the third best quarterback in the game. You know, I think right now, if you made me rank them, I'd go Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. That's probably (laughs) where I'd go. And Stu Gott's like, I said this when I watched their film last week. I wrote it down. They're like a ball control passing football team. That's where they're they're unreal. He'll just work the back. If you void a zone area just a smidgen, he gets into that little, okay, gain of four, gain of five. Game of three. Oh, there's T. Higgins open by an inch. 30-yard game. It's it's quite remarkable how they do it because it's not an overly creative offensive system, as you guys have heard me say before. We're thinking here that if your mind's not going to be changed, okay, this, this is a big opportunity for Tua well, to win you over. Okay. Because yeah. if Tua beats your best friend, Kyle Shanahan, your best friend, you have a tattoo of Kyle Shanahan on your ankle. It sounds weird to the audience who's hearing that for the first time, but he does. Um, but Tua has a, a lot of other people, and it's not his face or something. Oh. It's a K and a S around a symbol of all my friends from college. So yeah, don't make it sound like I got a mural of him on my back or something. I have it being Shanahan's face and then all the initials around Shanahan's yeah. face. <laughs> Bunch of hearts. Yeah. I don't want to speak for Billy. I'll let Billy have at it. But Billy, Tua has an opportunity to beat Chris Sims' best friend, who's considered one of the top three coaches in the NFL, if not the best coach in the NFL. Well, I mean, he has an opportunity to be two of your best friends. So this week he plays the 49ers, and next week they got flexed, and you're going to be covering it on Sunday Night Football, and it's yeah. going to be Tua and Herbert, which I honestly right. just want to fast-forward to next week because I want to get there already. <laughs> They're going to finally be head-to-head. This Tua versus Herbert debate, Chris, can finally be settled. Yeah. Well... That's where, like, we're all lost here with this quarterback stuff. First off, it's a team. Nah. Like, you don't nah. think you don't think Justin Herbert, if you put him on the f- Dolphins, they wouldn't look like that and more? Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. Stop. Stop it. Like, stop. But, but I do think, just to Gatz's point, and Billy, and again, Tua's been really good this year. I, I'm just – you guys want me to put him in the class of, like, Burrow, Herbert, and Allen, and Mahomes, and yeah. that's just ne- that's just not going to happen. There's oh. a lot more work to be done and proving to be done to get to that level. I don't view him as those guys yet, but I but he's tracking, he's trending that way. That's that's I think that's all we're trying to say. Like he well, is I, trending. Yeah, I get it, way. but you know, so, it, it's it's always there's always going to be that guy, and he, and listen, he's going to be good, and if they keep this type of support system around him, he'll be good in that offense. It really fits him and all of that. But, I mean, you know, people were trying to tell me Jimmy Garoppolo was a top 10 quarterback two years ago on the way to the Super Bowl. And two years before that, everybody was telling me Jared Goff is a top 10 quarterback. And I just want to go, no, the f- 
teams are awesome. Sorry. I just got to – we just got to let it play out a little bit. So, you know, that's where I'm, I'm trying to just talk some logic into people. And the weirdest thing is everybody can see it in college football, but right. the NFL, nobody can see it. Right. I, that's where it's weird. In college, we can go, wait, Georgia's a good team and their quarterback's kind of average, but they play good. But when the NFL frame of mind, it'd be, well, he's the best quarterback in college football. Mm-hmm. There's nobody better. Look, they don't ever lose. Right. They don't ever. He's the best quarterback in college football. Yeah. But but for whatever reason, that doesn't translate to the NFL. The NFL, the team wins. They just go quarterback. That's it. So again, Tua's been really good. He's improved in a lot of areas. This is a game, though, that I do look at to where he can answer some of those questions, Billy. I do. Because I think there's a good chance with the 49ers and that defense. And, you know, they. I, I wish they had Kinlaw and Armstead playing. But yeah. I think they'll take away some of the tricks and some of the easy things that Tua has, you know, had at his disposal. And now he might have to make some plays and some throws like that to where, oh, okay, hey, wait. He did throw a 10-yard out route or a 15-yard in-cut here into tight coverage. And it wasn't a Mike McDaniel special and all that. that that's all I'm saying. And again, Tua, it's better than Jared Goff than when they went to the Rams. Right. And I might even say it's it's better than Jimmy Garoppolo going mm. with the 49ers. It is. I'm not – so it's still really good. But, like, when people start to go, oh, top five quarterback in football, that's where I just go, wait, I got to take my ear pot out because you're stupid, and now I got to move on with life. Who do you guys think has the advantage in this coaching matchup between McDaniel and Shanahan? Uh, I would probably say Shanahan, but McDaniel's really good, dude. Like, I, I, I always wonder, like, I never heard of Mike McDaniel until he became the Dolphin head coach, and I'm wondering how many Mike McDaniels are out there on coaching staffs throughout the NFL that we've never heard of that are geniuses, you know? Well, I, first off, he is he's a genius. I think he's the closest the thing you're going to get to Kyle. I think a lot of people knew he was really smart. I, I think people questioned his personality and could that lead right. an NFL locker room, well, right? Okay. That was that was yeah. that's what like everybody said to me, right. like, oh man, you know, your boy Shanahan's friend got hired. Can he really coach a team? I mean, that's what everybody was like whispering to me at the combine from every team. Like, can he really coach? Yep. You know, can he really lead men? I don't yep. think he can. Hmm. And I was I was constantly telling me he's gonna surprise people. He's yep. a little bit more of a man's man than people realize, and he's just real. He yes. knows who he is. He doesn't yep. try to pretend. He shoots it straight. And that's always going to go over well in a locker room. And here's the other thing I'll pose to you guys, too. Like, I, I, Shanahan, obviously, more accomplished and taught, you know, McDaniel just about everything he knows. But I will say, Shanahan's not going to know the Dolphins' defense as well as McDaniel will know the 49ers' defense, right? Good point. He's going to know, like, wait, D'Amico Ryan, when – we used to do this in practice. He didn't like this, or he would check to this. So he might be able to use some of that against San Francisco, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that all plays out. It, it hit me like harder than it's ever hit me during this particular episode with you that this like, we have this set up perfectly between Tua and Zach Wilson. It's like I know. It's a perfect combination. We got it all working. Yes. We really do. We got Burrow playing Mahomes. We didn't even get to dissect that game. Right. which I think, of course, will be very good. I'm going to take Kansas City in a tight one. I wow. think Kansas City's better than last year. I think the Bengals are slightly less dangerous on offense, especially with Chase just coming back and no run game. Right. I'm going to take the Chiefs there. But, man, we got a lot of good shit to talk about next week. You're right. All right, since so get some rest, and uh, you're right. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. But we appreciate you doing this today, my man.
Anytime, man. Are you in the new office right now, Coach? This is it. Yeah, but th- we're only here till June. They're building a uh, one hundred and fifty million dollar new uh, complex here. So, like, this is the nicest building I've ever coached in. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, guys. This this wasn't good enough. Like, there's something wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you just came from the NFL. You're telling me this is nicer? <laughs> yeah, this is nicer. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know. yeah. Hey, Stu, yeah. let me tell you, the the college the college facilities. Right. Man, could, you know what what they would build for the recruits, which I think is now changing a bit because of NIL. You don't you don't need slides going down your facilities all the time. <laughs> uh, just good alumni building up a, a NIL base, but it's interesting, Coach. The kind of the behind the scenes thing that maybe not a lot of people know, because if you go to Wikipedia on any coach, they make a number of moves, and you made a number of moves. So, how, is, is it truly? On your wife, she's the one that's going to find the place to live and, and make sure everything gets squared away? Well, okay, when we went to Baylor, she saw 20-some houses, and she picked three, and she said, we'll go to these three. So the first one we went into, man, it had a pool. Like, it look, overlooked, like, the down end. There was a lake way down there, and I was like, this is it. Okay, I'll take this one, honey. And she was, like, got angry at me. She's like, I can't believe you thought this was the one. I'm like, wait <laughs> I didn't know this was a game. So the next one, I kind of look at the realtor. She's like, this one, my, oh, this is, a, this is the one, honey. So when we went to Carolina, she went, she made me go to 21 houses. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah and but so, Coach, now you know the game. The game is don't pick the one that you like. Pick the one that you think she's going to there's like. There's no doubt. And so here she went to do it yesterday and today. And uh, I'm just going to try to get in good with the realtor and have them give me the, the secret, uh, the Rosetta Stone of which one she likes. We thought when we got here, we thought it was gonna be this small town, you know, kind of like Penn State. And we got here, we were, I just, you know, a couple of my guys came with me. Um, we, we went out to dinner the other night and we, we just kept driving and driving and driving. And, and, and they were like, man, this is a big place. I didn't realize just how big Lincoln was. And that was one of the reasons I was like, you know what, this, this will be perfect for recruiting because, you know, it's just, it's not small like Waco. It's not the, you know, it's not Chicago, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good sized place where, you know, people can kind of find what, what fits them. Coach, you weren't in college that long ago, a couple of years in the NFL, and yet the college game has completely, the landscape, the recruiting landscape, all of it has completely changed. And so is that going to be a big adjustment for you, even though you were just a college coach a few years ago? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely an adjustment. And I don't think it's necessarily the, the transfer. It's the transfer plus the NIL together. You know, um, you know, I was fired early enough that I had six, seven, eight weeks to start talking to my buddies and being like, hey, I'm <laughs> I don't know if that's funny, but no. Okay, if you can't, if you can't laugh, I've learned now. You know what? Like, like I talk about all the time. Like, you know, the more you talk about, the easier it is to deal with. But you know what? Um, The more I've talked to guys, I'm like, man, I'm trying to figure this out. Guys who've been in the league in college the whole time, they say to me, "We're trying to figure it out too." So it's an ever-changing mark. I mean, it's different a little bit, and um, you know, I I think it's kind of cool that kids can make some money off of off of their name. They just if they're out there making the plays, they deserve it. So we're just trying to make sure we do it responsibly and do it the right way. So why, because you you were a hot commodity going back into college, why Nebraska? You know what? Um, it, it just felt exactly like the right fit. You know, when, when I think of who I am and how I like to do things, you know, um, I, I want to be at a place where, you know, we believe in player development. You know, um, I really, really am proud of, all the, I'm proud of all the players who played for me, but I love turning on a game on Sundays and seeing guys that I coached in, in college playing at a high level. I love seeing Hassan Reddick, you know, walk on out there making plays. I love seeing Deion Dawkins, you know, um, I remember standing in his driveway and not offering him a scholarship and being like, what am I doing? And I turned around and said, hey, you know what? 
uh, I have a scholarship for you. And, you know, here you're starting a left tackle for the Bills. So it was the perfect combination of player development, being in the Big Ten. I think being, you know, I think the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be the primary forces in college football moving forward. A story tradition, elite fan base. I mean, my son just kept showing me like, dad, look how awesome this is. Like, look, look how great this is. And then, you know, I, I recognize the importance of having leadership who is aligned with me and and not just, you know, hey, we like Matt, but like they know like, I'll, I'm going to want to run the football. I'm going to want to play defense. I'm not going to want to run, you know, spread no huddle all the time. So they kind of know the way I like to play football and, and that's who Nebraska is. And so when I met Trev Alberts, I was like, you know what, this is going to be the right fit. You've been asked every football question that can be imaginable and um You've talked about, too, how community and you didn't want to be secluded and, and you wanted to be a part of the communities. Is there anything that you and your wife, so people can get to know you on a personal level, too, that you guys are dedicated to, that you have a passion about that is going to be an impact for you in this community? Yeah. So, you know, uh, my wife is extremely passionate about about meeting and kids with learning disabilities, dyslexia, and our son, Bryant, uh, he's 18 now. There was a time when we never thought he'd go to college. And uh He's out on college visits, you know, trying to figure out where he wants to go to school because wonderful, wonderful teachers and people helped him overcome dyslexia. And, you know, some of our, you know, one of our other children has been touched by that a little bit. So um, until you have a child who struggles to read, because when they struggle to read, they hate to read. And we're blessed with resources. My wife always says to me, she, I mean, she's like, imagine what it would be like if we didn't have the ability to go out and hire these people. So, you know, she's, she's, she's started a foundation. She's working on her foundation um, to, to help kids all across this state uh, and, and, and in other places um, to, to give them the, the, the resources to, to help them if they're struggling to read. She's, she's passionate about that. And we want, I'm going to support her in that any way I can. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Whenever a coach gets involved in a community, Jesus gets such great response. That's a that's a very cool thing. Uh, a couple of from a head coach's thing. One from where you where you were. Not normally when there's a change made, there's never one reason for it. Uh, unfortunately, you you got the brunt of it by the being the one being released. In your eyes, when you're going to look back on this, what went wrong in Carolina? I just don't think we won enough early enough to justify what we were doing. You know. Uh, we had a very detailed plan. It was, you know, hey, you know, I was I was just kind of hanging out in Waco, and, and they they came to me and said, listen, you know, we're kind of at the end of an era, losing some great players. It's kind of a total rebuild. But we want to do this over four or five years. We want to do it through the draft, and um, we want to do it the right way. And so, you know, we got there, and then, you know, after even after that, Luke Keekley retired. So it was like, you know, pile on here. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady just showed up at the Bucks. Oh, pile on here, guys. <laughs> And so, but we started trying to build a team that we felt like, hey, they could win the NFC South, can overtake Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. And again, there's lots of little things I wish we could have done differently. You know, we, we started a bunch of different quarterbacks. We never could quite get in sync in some areas. But the plan was kind of like, hey, let's build this team through the draft that, you know, in this coming year coming up and then the following year can go compete at a high level. And so, um, you know, they're three and one in the NFC South right now. You know, they've beaten all three teams. Um, and that was, a, you know, I was part of that plan. Unfortunately, you know, um, not quite in the, uh, hey, let's build long-term society sometimes. And when people start getting mad and people start panicking, but when I look at JC Horn and Brian Burns and DJ Moore and uh, it came a on the O-line, you know, I, I, there's a bunch of pieces there. Most of those guys are under contract for next year. And so I look back and I'm kind of proud. I'm like, hey, that plan was good. Just, you know, just didn't get a chance to finish it. Now you've been a head coach in the NFL and a head coach in college. So what are the biggest 
differences of sitting in the big chair in the NFL and the big chair at, at the college level? You know, I, I thought, Mike, that the, the players weren't much different. You know, the players in the NFL, you know, obviously um, there's less of them. You know, I'm not yelling at them about academics or why <laughs> we like to study hall. The, the main difference is, you know, there's just so many entities that you're working with in the NFL. There's there's ownership. There's a salary cap manager. There's the GM. There's the head coach. There's operations. There's, you know, um, maybe the maybe the team has another sport. You're, you know, there's just so many things. And while you might have a vision for where you want it to go, you know, you have you have to be kind of aligned with everybody else. I think in college, you know, as the head coach, you're kind of the GM. You're kind of also, you know, you kind of, you're kind of also the head coach. And so you have just a little bit more control over the structure of, hey, this is how we're going to do things. So, uh, you know, you look a lot around a lot of buildings at the National Football League, you know, um, hey, maybe the trainer's been there a long time. Maybe the strength coach has been there a long time here. I have a little more control, not over the training room, but over like, hey, this is, these are the players we want to get. These are the way we want to do things. And so it's a little bit easier to be aligned. But I'll say this, the people in Carolina were great. I mean, Scott Fidler, the GM. As good a man as I've been around, uh, you know, it's just you have to have a bunch of moving parts all kind of come together. And that's why, you know, most organizations that win, they just continue to win in the NFL because they figured out this is what it takes. Coach, I heard you say recently that what you loved about college was you're able to kind of shape and mold kids and, you know, get them headed in the right direction, both on the field and off the field. You get to the NFL and it's a, you know, they're fully formed adults, so it's a bit harder but I am wondering because you had it, you really had it going at Baylor. Like, is there any regret in your decision to go to the NFL? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't regret going to the NFL. I don't know if, if, you know, I mean, and I mean this with the greatest respect. I don't know if I picked the right job. You know, I had, I had several opportunities. I might not have picked the right fit for me. You know, uh, I, I'm always going to do things a certain way. You know, I'm going to try to do things one way. I'm going to try to, you know, work really hard and uh, uh, build a culture in one way. But the culture where it gets overused, but build a kind of a brand of football, and so. It's a great job and a great place. You know, just maybe I wasn't the right fit there. So um, I, I loved Baylor. It was a great time in our lives. But, you know, um, just uh, I just had to take my shot. And um, you know what? I, I, I love doing it. And I love the players that I had a chance to, to coach. What's the job or team that you wish you had selected? Like, you, <laughs> you ain't getting me on that. <laughs> and, I, and I'll just say this. You know what? I, I don't I don't regret going to Carolina because I met wonderful people. And, and those players, you know, those players to this to this moment are, you know, I mean, I, you know, not many head coaches um, when they get fired. Maybe some do. I mean, I had players come over to my house, you know, like stopping by my house. Like, uh, you know, I, I still have guys checking in. I think we had, you know, when you kind of start a season as like, a, you know, hey, you're on the hot seat. Either the players can kind of say, "Hey, we're going to rally behind them," or uh, we don't care about. It. They rallied behind me. I mean, even even when I got fired, McCaffrey. I mean, he he stopped me leaving because I addressed the team, and he said things to me that you know, if you say, "Do I regret it?" A, a player of that stature saying what he said to me in front of that team, I'll take that because you know, long after the trophies are gone, either you had an impact on people's lives and you did, and hopefully, I had a small impact in Carolina on some of the players. Coach, you were talking about the relationship of how it's a little bit different in the NFL and then in college, and, and you referred to you being the coach but also the GM. What is your relationship with Trev going to be like and the dynamic that he, he brings to the program, obviously being somebody that played here and, and is so vested in it? And, and, you, and you mentioned how when you met him, there was just something about it that made sense. What, what is his impact going to be on you and how you run what you want to do. Yeah. You know, I, I think the very first time that I talked to him, you know, you can tell a lot about a person based upon the questions they ask you in an interview. And I was like, Hey, this guy gets it right. He gets it. And um, I could tell that he, he wanted me to be, he was interested in me because of 
player development because I care about academics and off the field because of the way my teams have played in the past. And um, that meant a lot to me. You know, the thing he said to me is I kind of said, hey, here's how I'll do it. He said, coach, I'm, I'm hiring you to, to do what you do. I'm not going to tell you, hey, do it this way, do it that way. But he's such a tremendous resource because I always want to honor the tremendous tradition and history of, of the University of Nebraska. And so to have a Nebraska football great uh, sitting in the chair, you know, my partner, um, I, can, I can move forward into this new age of college football, NIL, transfer portal. Everything's changing. I can move forward and have a tremendous partner who can also help me uh, honor the past and everything that we do while also looking ahead to, hey, what's the best way to manage college football now? I just have one more because I know you got to get going in the, in the whole recruiting thing. And I think that's memory serves. That's going to be one of the biggest differences is when you left college, there was no NIL and now you're going back and there's NIL. So when you go sit in front of that 18 year old and now the new question is, coach, what do you got NIL wise for me? What what is your answer going to be to those those recruits for it's a fair question from them now? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's, you know, my whole take on the NIL is I think it's great that you know, um, hey, people now can give kids money for them to do things for them. So they have to represent their brand, represent their store, represent, you know, do things for them in the community, tweet. You know, I was talking to RG3 the other day, and, you know, you know, as a Baylor guy, I said, imagine what you would have made <laughs> if there would have been an NIL for you. So to me, um, the, those opportunities are endless. You know, you know, obviously, I'm not going to be in the business of, hey, I'll give you this, I'll give you that, right. I'm going to follow the rules. But, you know, I think, I think, People, uh, young people will know the fan support and the interest in Nebraska football is so high that, um, you know, they're, they're going to have a tremendous chance to market themselves. And that, that opens up a whole world for them after football, which I think is great. Uh, Coach, can you give me the honest reaction from your wife when you told her Nebraska? Oh, no, no. Julie, Julie Rule was the one who said we're going to Nebraska. We snuck out here. We looked around. She met Trev. She met, you know, Ted Carter, the president. She saw Lincoln. She saw the team. And she said, that's where you belong. And, and she didn't want it for her. She's that. like, Matt, that's the fit for you. And so every text for like a week while Trev and I were going back and forth, every text finished with GBR, go big red. And um, she, ah. she was 100 percent bought in on this place. And you know what, guys? She's normally been right over our marriage. <laughs> you should have let her pick the NFL team, Coach. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's coach, they, listen, good luck to you because Nebraska, for me, Mike, growing up, and Jabba was such a big part of the college football landscape, and it's gone away, and it needs to get back. And so I know Jabba wants it back. Uh, so good luck to you. We appreciate the time. And now you have a friend in Lincoln. So uh, hopefully you and Jabba connect. You have to. Thank you, Sounds guys. good. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate Thank you, it. Coach. Good luck Thanks. with everything. It is time for this week's edition of Studio Gods, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. College football, week 14, championship weekend. Two and three last week. 43, 34, and three on the season let's get to the games here on championship weekend we start with the pac-12 championship game usc utah usc is minus three buy it down a half point usc minus two and a half the utes are sneaky good okay usc minus two and a half they win they make it to the college football playoff they win the pac-12 usc wins by eight points 
the Big 12 championship game. TCU, minus two and a half, taking on Kansas State, which is a sneaky good team. They played earlier this year. It was a close game. I have TCU. They win by 10 points. LSU, Georgia, SEC championship game. LSU getting 17 and a half points. Georgia, win or lose, they're in the playoff. They just want to stay healthy. No one gets injured. Georgia wins by seven points. LSU covers the 17 and a half points. I'm taking the Tigers. Tulane, the green wave, minus three and a half. Take it on UCF. Buy this thing down a half point. Tulane minus three. I have Tulane winning the game by a tutty. Michigan, minus 17. They're taking on Purdue. It's the Big Ten championship game. Michigan, you might say the same thing as I was saying about Georgia, but no. Michigan wants to be the one seed. Michigan's on a roll right now. Michigan wants to win the Big Ten championship. Why? Because that means a lot to a guy like Jim Harbaugh. Michigan wins the game. They cover the spread. They win by 28 points. We go to the NFL. Week 13, the Giants at home, plus three. Taking on Taylor Heineke, the Green Lizard, and the Commanders. Ron Rivera might be the coach of the year. But the Giants are getting three points at home. I like the Giants here. I do. I know they're banged up, but I'll take the Giants to win and cover the spread. They win the game outright. The Giants win at home by four points over the Commanders. Baltimore, minus eight and a half. Take it on the Broncos. Buy it down a half point. Take Baltimore, minus eight. I have Baltimore winning the game, covering the spread. They win by 17 points at home. Dolphins plus four at San Francisco. Mike McDaniel and his mentor Kyle Shanahan. Tua Garoppolo has all the makings. I have the Dolphins covering the four points. And how about this? The Dolphins win by three points on the road. Another big game. Bengals plus two and a half. Take it on the Chiefs. Buy it up a half point. Bengals plus three at home. I have the Bengals winning by three at home over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Cowboys, minus 10 and a half, take it on the Colts at home. Buy it down a half point to minus 10. The Cowboys win by 17 points at home. Bucks, minus four, take it on the Saints. I am going to bet Tom Brady at home minus four until he stops playing football, which will be never. I have the Bucks winning the game, covering the spread. They win by 10 points at home. And finally... I pity the team that has to face the Titans after a loss. The team they have to face after last week's loss happens to be the best team of the NFL. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) I pity them. I do. The Titans are a weird team, man. They really are. Philadelphia is 10-1. The Titans 7-4, but they're coming off a loss. Uh, I like the Philadelphia Eagles to actually win this game but not cover the spread. Titans are getting five points. The Eagles win the game at home. They win it by a field goal. The Titans cover. Those are the picks this week. Good luck, everyone. So, uh, Mike, unfortunately for you, uh, towards the end of this, we'll have our BCS standings. Um, Great. Sorry. But I'd be interested in your thoughts on the college football playoff scenario as it rests right now, we still have championship weekend right. coming up. We'll get to those games in just a second here. But what would you make of the latest playoff rankings? Well, the committee basically said that Ohio State's first in. Which right? is bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, listen, that, that that's what we were all waiting for is to see where, who was going to be five, who was going to be six. Yeah. Right? Um, so, because everybody was wondering, was Alabama going to be the first two-loss team? And they still could be. There's scenarios still. So, I mean – 
obviously the four, if they win, they're all playing. If they win, they're in, right? It's over. And I think I think Georgia wins, and I think Michigan wins. I think those are, are about as, as locks as can be. Uh, TCU is playing a team in Kansas State. They beat 38-28 in the regular season. And USC is playing the only team they lost to. And they lost 43-42. So if USC loses, Ohio State will go in over USC. All right, because, so Mike, let, well, Mike, let's, let's agree on this. Even okay. if Georgia loses, they're in, right? Georgia loses, they're in. Michigan loses, they're probably in as well. So those two teams are yes. in. The only they're way in. Alabama's getting in is if USC and TCU were to both lose, then Ohio State-Bama would probably slide in there. Now, now here's where I disagree. Now, okay. the thing that hurts them a bit is name value. Saying TCU and saying Ohio State and Alabama are different things. But if TCU loses a close game to Kansas State, remember, that's their only loss. And Kansas State is a college football ranking number 10 team. So to me, there is a scenario, if you can get by the fact that everybody's going to say, oh, they're going to put the big school in like Ohio State or Alabama. Um, If TCU loses a close game, I could see them staying in. If USC loses, they're, they're done. They're out. They're going to be out. They lost to the same team twice. And Ohio State would be the the committee has basically deemed it because Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, they're all not playing. So there would be no reason for Alabama to jump Ohio State and get in there when they're not playing. You know what I always like to do is when the final one comes out, feed everything into the old BCS computer system and see what four team it spits out. A lot of times (laughs) it's been the same four teams. So, I mean, it kind of shows that the committee is picking the same four teams the computer would have picked. No need to do any of that, Mike. The new BCS will be yeah. here later today to yeah. let you know who our top six are. Well, really our top ten, but oh, top yeah. six, as you know, is who makes it into our playoffs because we've yeah. already expanded. Some surprises, this. Mike. Yeah. 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 Also yeah. exciting, Mike. We uh, Unfortunately, Chris Cody is not going to be able to attend this week's uh, unveiling. Darn. But we we were able to get uh, Mikey A will be filling in as another member of our committee, and we have well, a Mikey A is always part of the committee, just so yeah. we're clear. But yeah, but, yeah. But, but but Mike thinks this thing is not. I committed. kept them in line, Mike. But no, but but Mikey A and Billy, uh, like, and Billy's headed down the right path here. Golick doesn't think this thing is legitimate. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think we meet. He doesn't think we meet with credible people. That's and right. Billy's going to prove otherwise. I think. Uh, have you know that we will be having another member of the committee who you are unaware of joining us as well to present one of the teams today. So, I hope this is, this isn't someone I'm going to lose then major respect for who I loved, and now all of a sudden I'm going to go like, oh god. That's huh. for you to decide. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm a little nervous about that. We're one. going into this with the wrong attitude, I must say. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You're excited to have another member of the committee on. Is really yes. what you should. You should that be should excited be for this for yes. this member of the committee. So excited. Like, can't yeah. wait for Tulane to be in your top six. Oh, the green uh, wave. Oh, the green wave. They lead they the country. They do lead the country. I mean, yeah. how about that? Uh, before we get to the BCS here, Mike, uh, I am wondering, Deion Sanders uh, reportedly now has three options, uh, three places he can go to be a head coach. Uh, USF, University of South Florida. Uh, the University of Colorado. Colorado, yeah. And, uh, and Cincinnati, because uh, Fickle just left. So right. of those three... Uh, well, I'm interested. What do you make of the trend of well, guys like Dilfer, Dion, all these guys now wanting to coach? And then, B, 
Where would you go if you're Dion if you want to give yourself the best chance of making it to a playoff, winning a national championship? Well, well, see, with, with Dion, even though it's Dion Sanders, Dion isn't going to – like if Ryan Day goes to the NFL, Dion Sanders isn't getting the Ohio State job. He's not. So, you're right. No. So Dion's going to have to take one of those jobs, one of those schools you mentioned. You know, Colorado's a power five, but, I mean, they – my God, they, they're horrible. And they got a they got a long rebuild in front of them, and then you have you know uh, uh, South Florida and Cincinnati. So just just like with Trent Dilfer at UAB, guys like that will uh, won't get handed that big Power Five job. They're, they're going to have to do the stepping stone thing. Now, obviously, Dion is incredibly successful where he's been, so he makes the next move to like a Cincinnati, a Colorado, a South Florida, maybe a, a lower-tiered Power Five, which would be Colorado. That, that, that's what that would be. And then build from there. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to be, while he's done a great job there, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get handed one of those, you know, and, and listen, in today's world, maybe he should, right. but I don't think it's going to happen. So I, I think he will need to do like a building step thing. Uh, Mike, as you know, the BCS, we always, we've already expanded our playoff, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is good. Uh, You're ahead always, of the curve there. Well done. That's right. Thank you. And we, and we were ahead of the curve two years ago when we started this. Um, so we're going to start with number one like we always do. Okay? okay. You ready? Bill, Mikey A, you ready? Let's go. Number one, Mike, in the latest BCS rankings, the second of the season. <laughs> Not every week. We just do it two times a year. Number one, Alabama. Jeez. Ten and two out of the SEC. They lead the country in LSHTPL. Let's see how things play out. Plus, Mike, they lead the country yeah. in YCL, IYDP. You can't lose. If you don't play, that's very true. Yeah. But let's see how things play out. If you have them number one, that should almost automatically keep them in. Yes. Playoffs. Well, let's see how things play out. Let's see okay. how things play out, Michael. All right, yeah. I set It'll myself country, up for that. Yeah. All right, number two, LSU. They're nine and three, Mike, but they have a high TBBT. They beat Bama by two. But more importantly, TCTBGAITDAIDSP. They could technically beat Georgia, and if they do, Alabama is definitely sitting pretty. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Your top two teams have five losses between them. Well, yep. let's see how things play out. Exactly okay. right, Mike. You never know what's going to happen championship right. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. You okay? I'm I'm verklempt, but, you know, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get to number three. Let's, let's move it on to number yeah. three. You know this team, Georgia, out of the SEC, 12-0, Mike. TRG, they're really good. <laughs> yes, they are. Why aren't they number one? <laughs> because Alabama is. Okay. Yeah. So we got to see how things play out. Yeah, yes. and you can't lose if you don't play, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're on to number four. This yeah, is going we well. Uh, TCU. TCU comes in at number four, Mike. Out of the Big 12, 12 and 0, they lead the country in THF, the Horn Frogs. Yeah, no, there you go. No one's going to beat them on that. Right? right. No, no one can. You're right. You never know. Right. You never know. <laughs> really boxed everyone Nothing's in. Nothing's play out. That's yeah. really it, huh? That's the only reason they're number four, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, number five. I know you're wondering who's number five. It's USC, 11 and 1, very high EWN. Eh, why not? Oh, eh? 
Why not? Yes. Mm -hmm. EWN. So EWN. you have them on the outside looking in. No, 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 Mike. Remember, six teams make our playoffs, so they're yes. in right now. Oh, right, right, right. EWN. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why not? So uh, number, does, that, does that mean one and two have, have a buy? So your two teams with five combined losses have we'll a We'll figure that out. Don't Let's worry. see how it plays out, Mike. Exactly. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Got to see how it plays out. Number especially when you bring one. in... Especially when you bring in the number six team, Notre Dame, eight and four, lead the country in TPS, ABH, BWL, SGH. They probably shouldn't actually be here, but we just like seeing Golik happy. Yeah, I like that one. It's the best pick you guys have had. How about that? Best pick you guys have had. Team in. Absolutely mean, love it, and they deserve like it. Why not? Losses today. Yeah. I mean, how about yeah. that? <laughs> wow. Wow. The they, they lead the country in that right there. That mm -hmm. smile. <laughs> Pretty impressive. I do like it. All right. You know what? I'm, I'm coming around to what you guys are doing now. I'm coming around to what you guys are putting down. Yeah. 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 Everyone has a price. Yours is Notre Dame. There you go. <laughs> Oh all right, God. OLI time, Mike, okay? These teams still have a shot. We'll see how it all plays out, okay? Yeah. Uh, number seven, Michigan, the Wolverines out of the Big Ten. You know they're undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, we'll see how it plays out. They are 12-0, okay. Mike. They lead the country in T-S-B-H-B-T-A-S-H-R-U-T-S-M-O-O-S. They should be higher. But they also should have run up the score in Ohio State. They beat him by over 20 points. Oh, More. Should have been 30. More. Should have been 30. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Wow, you guys are hard them, on them. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, beat Purdue, and perhaps you'll get in. You know? All the big, big Maybe. touchdown plays they had against Ohio see State. See how out. things play out. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, okay. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Right. Keep doing that to myself. Number eight. Yep. Number eight, Kansas State. Nine and three, lead the country in T O O H S W D L B J I T B T H F. They're only on here so we don't look so bad, just in case they beat the Horn Frogs. Yeah, yeah, understood. There, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm lockstep with you guys on that one because I got a shot to do it. Gotta no doubt about your bases it. on that. Mm -hmm. Yep, right. yep, I agree. We, I agree. We've arrived at the O O L I. I'll let Billy take it from here. Yeah, now Mike, this is very exciting. This is one of our unnamed committee members will be presenting this now to present the number nine team here we go ohio state i-w-p-t-t-h-t-s-w-w-b-a-t-h-a-d-r-a-t-e if we put them too high too soon we won't be able to have a dramatic reveal at the end <laughs> How about that? oh, oh I, I chris felica I, un bear. I understand the thought process there yeah i understand but they're sitting at number nine at 11 mm -hmm. and one We'll yeah. see how things play yeah. out. Listen, you think we're f***ing around with this thing. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we're going to introduce you to more members moving forward here. Mm -hmm. uh, they are some of the most credible yeah. names in college football. That's some power. I'll give you that. That's some power. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for the editing on that one. <laughs> All right, let's get to number 10, the most important, by the way. Number 10, Mike. You know, and thank you to uh, the bear, Chris Felica. Number 10, the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. Out of the New England Women's and Men's Athletic Conference and winners of the Secretary's Cup after their win over the Coast Guard. More important than that, though, Mike, they lead the country in our favorite metric, TYFYS. Mm -hmm. Let's Thank all say it together. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for your, for your service. service. For your service. Yeah. 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 How about that? The Marines getting in there, huh? Yeah. It's awesome. Or the Mariners. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. all for that. You know, I'll never. You know, I'll never argue that point. Yeah. Ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little. Again, I'll use the word verklempt. That you're one and two. You have a five losses with your first and second team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you don't seem to mind the four losses in number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, number six. No, yeah, number, number six. six. Okay, yeah, you don't seem mind. to mind that. Probably should be a little higher, uh, but, you know, yeah. I, it's very, very difficult to put them ahead of USC. We'll you know, see how things lost. play out. Yeah, right. yeah. Mike, yeah. we put them ahead of Michigan. I mean, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. <laughs> well, you're welcome. That's what wow. we do for you. You can thank the Bears well, you know. I can't wait to see who your matchups will be after the championship games. Neither can we. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, how about the bear? Yeah, things play out. Yeah. Yeah, how about the bear? That's, that's a nice haul right there. You know what that is? That's that's one word. That's credibility right mm-hmm. there. Well, credibility. The BNBCS yeah. stands for bear, Mike. You never knew yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike, we know you don't take us seriously, so we need to no. just give you a little peek inside the committee and let you know that, hey, this is not all willy-nilly fun and mm-hmm. games. Okay? Yeah, you, you are right. I do not take There's you seriously. There's no serious. fun and games. <laughs> no <laughs> fun. Serious. Well, no congratulations, game. Mike, on Notre Dame making the playoff. I'm very happy about that. Can't wait to see how they do that. Yeah, well, let's see how things play out. Don't get I know, I know. We have to wait. You know, it's either that or probably the Mayo Bowl. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Likely the Mayo Bowl. Likely right. the Mayo Bowl. All right, Golik, we appreciate right, it. Uh, Golik and Smetty, check it out. And also, uh, what game do you have this weekend, Mike? I have uh, the Colts at the Cowboys. Sunday nice. Night. Yes. Well, so heading out there Saturday. Looking forward to that. Uh, Cowboys, obviously, monster, monster favorite in that game. We'll, we'll see what Jeff Saturday has to bring on Sunday. Uh, he can bring the three timeouts he wasted last game. Oh, yeah, that was a – finally admitted he should have called one on third down there, yeah. Uh-huh. It took him a minute, yeah. So if we see what Jeff Saturday's going to do on Sunday, does that mean we should call him the weekend? Oh, boy. Uh, wow, I'll leave. I'll show myself out. You should. And now I'm we're sorry. taking Notre Dame out of the playoffs. I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Austin Eckler, like the rest of us, has turned into a massive soccer fan. How was your week, man? Oh, wow. It's all over the place, man. Up, down, all around. Um, Just with with everything going on and then football on top of that. Um, It gets pretty crazy, but that's kind of how I like to live. I like to live where I'm like pushing myself to my stress limits. But that's stressful, isn't it? It is. It is. But I, I need that. I need because that stress I use as kind of like a motivation to keep going because I put myself in a situation where I have so many things going on that require my attention and my efforts that now my life is dependent on me doing those things. So I almost can't be lazy because I have stuff going on. It's like, oh, I got to get this done, this done, this done. So um, it gives my life a lot of substance, I like to say. But you need. You should have some kids. kids. Yeah, you should have some kids. That's no, no, point. no. Because yeah, that other shit will go. You away, want that stress? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Not that type of stress. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, at least. <laughs> because you have you have such a strong relationship with your mom, right? I was reading an article about yeah. the bond that you have with your mom, and that a lot of a lot of the leadership characteristics that you have, the traits that you have, you got from your mom, correct? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, okay. I would say my relationship with her has been more so seeing her grind through a lot of things. Um, just I remember just, you know, she was a teacher and, you know, just to be able to have, you know, enough money to come watch like my games. And she came to every single game. She'd work a waitress job in the summer um, when she had her time off just to save up a little bit extra money. So just being around that type of person 
um, that's doing that just like no matter what it takes, she's going to continue to grind to put herself in a position where she can kind of, you know, control the narrative of her life. I was like, what has been instilled into me? And I've taken that to, I think, the next level with my platform and my opportunities. So I think she planted the seed and I've grown from that. What goes into being a great leader in your mind? Like what goes in, like what makes a great leader? Ah, what makes a great leader? I would say the number one thing is the leader actually has to want to excel beyond beyond the team, beyond, you know, I think the the norm, I guess, of of what task you're trying to do. Because I think you have to be the one that's basically pushing as hard as you can for something greater that has I guess a ripple effect to people around you that are feeling your passion, feeling your energy, feeling your motivation that are also able to, I guess, grasp onto that and be like, yes, we want that greater goal too, but you're the one that's reiterating that message. You're the one who's really pushing for it and day in and day out, continuing to do that and be about it. Um, and then also you have to be able to articulate yourself in a way and be respected. Um, so that definitely helps um, into that too. Who's the best leader you've ever been around? Wow. When I got into the league, I think Philip Rivers was a good one. Um, man, dude was so passionate about football and really took control of the offense and, and what he wanted to see, how he wanted you to have things done so you are on the same page of him so we can give ourselves the best uh, opportunity to win. That was that was the guy that really impressed me. I'm oh, assuming yeah. you learned your lesson about not having kids from, from Philip Rivers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the first time I ever knew. So I didn't know he had that many kids. The first time I saw him with his family, I thought he was doing a meet and greet um, with his kids. <laughs> through his foundation yeah like you know jerseys yeah some kids were out there trying to beat philip and no it was straight up that someone's like no that's his family i'm like what that's his so yeah that was my first interaction with that (laughs) i do want to tell the audience that uh sean is also with us on the zoom here the audience needs to know this if you hear an f-bomb dropped at any point during this interview we are taping during the united states iran match and i have asked sean just to yell out Okay, so <laughs> if you hear that audience, okay, it means Iran has scored a goal. And if you hear someone cheering, it means the United States uh, has scored a goal. Uh, I figured your week was great because you scored a game-winning tutty, man. You had the game-winning touchdown, Austin. Oh, well, look, here's the thing. I didn't play the best game, so I was already just kind of in my head in that game where it's like, man, I, I, like I needed to play better. Too many opportunities of just not playing at the level that I need to be playing at to get to where I want to go. Um, and where I want to be at. And so, yeah, absolutely got the game winner, which is amazing. Like, I'm so happy for our team to get that win. But I know me personally as an individual, as a leader on the team, that I have to elevate my level of play and hold that as long as I can. So it feels definitely good to get the win, but I I didn't think it had to be that close. Um, So it's kind of like a weird feeling where it's like, yes, I'm happy, but also kind of like uneasy with myself. You're really honest with yourself, man. Like you were processing that during the game. Like, hey, I'm playing like shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really? It's like little things here and there, like as simple as like there was a play where I'm supposed to have a check down over the ball and you have to get directly over the ball because we have some routes that are kind of like, I don't know, 20, 30 degrees, a difference between the throwing spot from Justin and me. So if I'm not directly over the top of him, I can get in the way of one of those windows. And that's exactly what happened. I was like two, three yards off my spot. And guess what? He throws a ball to Keenan who's like 10 yards behind me and it's, it looks like it's coming right at me. So I, I'm like, Oh, it's my ball. I tip it. It goes up incomplete on a third down, which we would have had a first down. If I want to tip it. So like little things like that. It's like that make a huge difference. Now we're punting instead of having a first down. 
Um, and so like things that I can't afford that I'm better than, um, that I know I can, I could do much better. And there's other examples too, of just making people miss and things like that. But I mean, I think you have to be the most critical of yourself, right? Because if you're not, then who else is going to be? And then you're going to be start slipping and then you're going to get passed up by somebody else. So I'm very verbal about my commitment to myself of being the best. Uh, so that's why I have no problem talking about it. Yeah, but I feel like you're, listen, I, we're friends now, okay? And I feel like, or at least I think we're friends. You might, you might think otherwise, which is totally fair, by the way. Um, but I think you're hard on yourself, man. Like, yeah. You're going to make some mistakes out there. It happens. It's okay. No, like, you no, scored a no, game when no, he touched no, down, no, you no. won the game. It's okay. No, you can't. So, I mean, where I came from, if, if I'm making mistakes, I'm not even here talking to you right now. Like, I'm, I'm right, undrafted, right. six string. If I'm making mistakes, I don't have a job. So, that's kind of what's been branded into my mind and kind of just carried over into the rest of my life where it's like, you don't, you can't afford to make mistakes. Like, you have to make sure you're on top of it because you might not get another opportunity. And the opportunity for me to even be here was built on me being consistent and showing coaches that they can trust me because I didn't make a lot of mistakes. Right. Um, so that's why I'm so hard on myself. You carry that chip around, right? The undrafted chip, right? Yeah. That I mean, that's that same mindset that got me through that phase of my life stays with me today. And it's, like I said, it's carried out into other things. That's why I have all these other things going on. Um, because I have that, hey, there's opportunities. Let's let's put some effort into this and let's get it done. Let's go take advantage of that thing. Right. Since you're here, you might as well do everything, right? I mean, I'm only gonna be I'm only gonna be in my twenties one time. You know, right. I'm only gonna have this peak energy one yes. time. So I'm yeah. going, I'm going everything all out. Let's take advantage of it. You know, media, apps, foundation, you know, camps, you know, you know, endorsements, all of it, man. All of it. What do you want to be remembered for, Austin? Because it's not, it's it's definitely not football. Like I, I I'm no, certain you would like no. people to look back and say, hey, he was a great football player. Yeah. But you got big bigger things on your mind. That's my guy right there. Yeah, I mean, we are friends, you know. This guy gets yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that yes was not because the United States scored. It's a yes, we're friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get me, man. Yeah, exactly. Like it, there's there's a lot more depth to me than just football. Really, really what I want to be known for i think is is a guy who took advantage of opportunities and then at the same time helped others try to motivate themselves to take advantage of their opportunities that's kind of what i want to be um, known for and so there's some perspective in that but for the most part it's just i want to push myself as far as i possibly can because i didn't i didn't even know how far i was going to get to even to this point i didn't know i was going to get this far i didn't know i was going to make the nfl i wasn't even trying to and i was like okay i have an avenue let's go for it and now how far can i push this this level right can i how far can i take it not just in football but in life in general and in and how i measure that is basically how i'm impacting people around me how much of an impact can i make on the people around me will judge basically my legacy and how successful i was in taking advantage of opportunities and helping others do the same austin i am wondering here i'm not saying that i'm a guy that can make this happen okay but if I could make this happen, <laughs> if I said to you, hey, I could deliver five people that you've never spoken to that you, Austin Eckler, you want to speak to them. Give me something. Who would those people be? Again, I'm not saying I'm a friend who can make that happen. I am just simply asking a question of a friend. Spoiler alert, he's not. Yes, yes. I just want to know who he wants on. Like, yeah, and listen, feel free to ask me my list after as well. I'll tell you. I mean, guys. <laughs> God, I, that's you just put me on the spot all, on all day I, I on this show, huh? On this yeah, episode, this man, you play football and you do this. I do this for a living. <laughs> this okay. is great. I love this. Okay. I've actually been. I'm looking for a, a avenue to get outside of football a little bit. So Good. that's what I'm talking about. Okay, but um, believe me, I will talk football with you until you're bored to tears. Okay. <laughs> no, that's good. I do that forever. So I, right. I love to talk about other st other stuff because I, I, you're such a like you're such a fascinating individual. I really like. 
you're such a good dude and you have so many great messages. And I'm just wondering, I'm interested because I'm, my guess is none of them come from the world of athletics. Like, no, they don't. You want to speak to interesting people. Hear this one out. I always thought it'd be interesting to talk to yourself, like from wow. a different from a different person. Like yes. you're the same person, but you're like in a different body, like talking to like your current self right now, just to hear what you have to say and get to meet you to kind of get a perspective of what people think of you um, or get a different perspective, I guess. I love that. I, I think that, that would be interesting. But as far as those five, so, I'll have to get back for next week. Austin Eckler is with us. Uh, what's the best football has ever made you feel? The best football has ever made me feel. Because I thought it was last week, but you're miserable after last week, man. <laughs> Got to be better, man. Sheesh. Um, wow. The football, the, the best football has ever made me feel. Just making it to the NFL. I mean, anything like that. Let's I mean, go. What yeah, there we go, Sean. What what happened? What happened? What happened? Sean! Sean was seven seconds ahead of us. Hug a stranger. Go ahead, everyone. Hug a stranger. Awesome Let's, hugging you. I'm looking. Wait, what happened? Oh. Yep, here it comes. It's catching up. It. You'll get to it. You'll go! get to it. Yeah, go! Was Sean live at the game? <laughs> yeah, right? Sean, yeah. Sean, are you in guitar right now? <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. I love that he did that. Uh, you're very self-aware. Are you self-aware enough to know, like, you've reached your bandwidth? Like, hey, I can't take on anymore. Like, this is enough, you know? Yeah, I don't know until it's too late, usually. <laughs> usually it's one of those things you just go, and then you're, you're eventually like, F this, man. I'm done. You know? <laughs> It's such a great answer. <laughs> you don't realize it until you pass your bandwidth. Right. Yeah. Right. So you get, I'll get my head into some things sometimes. Uh, actually, the funny story last year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing more podcasts. This only lasted for a week. Um, and so I told um, Sean and Pete, the other guy over there at Sunshine Sex, that I was like, hey, like, just start giving me anyone that wants me to go on their podcast, I'll do it. Right. And um, I had, I don't know, 15 or 20 that week. And I was like, okay, that I can't, I'm not doing that ever again. That was <laughs> I got people that probably get like 10 viewers. I'm talking on their podcast. You know, these people just started last week because I heard I was going to do this. You know, like I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I got way too deep. And I was exhausted. I could not Abort, I eject. Right? <laughs> I didn't want to speak to anybody. So <laughs> ever again, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> why, why do you like the platform, like the podcasting platform? What, what, what excites you about it? Wow. Wow. Look at these questions, man. These are bangers. I, I really thought about it this week. I got to be honest. Yeah, with that's what's yeah. up. Look, yeah. I, and it's it's so it's strange because for me, I'm like, I wish more people would take advantage of this, but not necessarily everyone wants to take advantage of the opportunities that I want to take advantage of the way I do. Um, and so for me, I, I love jumping on podcasts and you know doing my own show because it gives you an opportunity to show that you're different or you're more than just a football player. Um, and I, I always go back to this kind of analogy, but we, we tie strings, you know, with our connections and people that are interested in us. So for me, people are interested in Austin Eckler because I play football, right? So that's one of their interests. Well, if I can get on a podcast, a show or some other form of interaction that gives you me another string to you that you're interested in, in me because for a different reason. Now, when I cut my NFL string from you, I have some relevance that stays with you. And so I'm trying to hold on to my relevance as long as I can, because you heard I'm trying to make an impact, you know, for as many people as I can across you know my lifetime. And so I have to create other ways of people being intrigued by Austin Eckler's story, not just that he played on Sundays. 
Because the NFL will only last so long, especially at your position, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, just in general, the NFL will only last so long. And guess what? When I'm a former player, who are people going to be interested in? The current players, right? So I got to give right. them a different reason other than football. They're like, yeah, I like the current player NFLs, but I also like Austin, you know, because he's doing stuff in my community because we I go to do his giveaways because I interact with him on his app or because I love his motivational stuff or because, you know, he does some funny shows or he's live streaming on Twitch, you know, or just all these other things things that I can give value. I'm trying to give some sort of value to people. You're not going to be one of those guys who latches on as long as they can, or maybe you will because the platform means that much to you to get your other messages out there. Ooh, that's been a great question. Um, that's, I mean, that's just been something that I've also thought about. It's like, man, like yeah. how long can I continue to play at a high level? But then also how long do I want to continue to play? Right. Cause like my body right now, like my neck hurts, like my spine hurts. You know, my calf is swollen. You know, my shoulder is I had an MRI on it yesterday and you know, I'm getting hit in the head. So I'm sure that's going to have some type of long term repercussion. Right. Um, and it's like, man. <laughs> yeah. Worry about that. Stuff. Brutal, man. Like, it's yeah. brutal. We still got, you know, at least six games left. Right. Um, so, you know, it's it's thoughts that go through your head, especially I'm going into year six, man. I'm 27. Um, you know, I. For me, I, look, right now, I feel like I'm in a good spot. I want to continue to hold on to this this level of play that I'm playing right now as long as I can. Uh, but it, it definitely will be a thought in my mind. And it's been a thought in my mind since I was a rookie. That's why I continue to build up my real estate, continue to build up my my reputation other and other things in football, right? It goes back to that conversation. So when I do transition out, guess what? I'll have options. I'll have stuff ready for me to, to go and uh, put more energy into. What's that look like for you? Like, what's the post-playing career look like for Austin Eckler in your mind right now? Where you're wow. sitting right um, now? So my, big, my biggest emphasis would be my app right now that's coming out, Experience. Um, and then really with my with my second uh, real estate fund that I'm starting, um, really would like to get something established as far as something that I'm building and growing and can still continue to put media around and talk about and get on shows and have that kind of that interesting factor to my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but then at the same time, also building up some type of structural foundation of, of my finances as well, where it's like, I could still live at a, at a pretty, you know, high level of, of uh, living, I guess. And then also have that be sustainable for a few generations. Two very quick ones on the way out. Can you explain to listeners what it's like? Because I don't think they realize what you guys go through just to go back and play on Sunday, seven days <laughs> after you just got, you know, your body beaten up. Jason Taylor used to tell me and Dan stories about, you know, he'd show up on Monday. There was like a deli line for toward all shots. And like he had a pick line in his heart and was questioning what it is he's doing for a living. Like, can you kind of explain to the audience what it takes after a game just to get back on the practice field and get ready for the next week. Yeah, you know, and we're in week like 13 or something like that right now, yeah. 12 or 13. So, you know, at this point in the season, you probably had, for the most part, most of us have had some little things, hopefully little things here and there. It's funny I say hopefully little things because everyone's had something at this point. Yeah, um, You just don't want it to be major. And so when you get this deep in the season, things don't really heal. Um, things feel good enough to play on that. If you, if it's good enough to play on, you're good. Uh, that's kind of what it gets down to at this point of the season where it's like, yeah, this to totally heal would need a couple weeks, but guess what? The NFL uh, doesn't stop for anybody. And uh, so we basically get ourselves in a position where I'm in the training room. Um, this morning I was in there um, getting treatment, getting massages. Um, there's other guys in there just trying to get our body right so that we can even practice on Wednesday um, since Tuesday's our day off, I'll be in there again um, 
you know, Monday and Tuesday. Sure. And then even on Wednesday, I'm getting treatment. So by, by Thursday, I would say that's usually when my body feels ready to play. Like I could play again if I had to, not necessarily saying I'm fully recovered and ready to go. Uh, but usually it's like, okay, like I can full speed run and have tolerance um, in, in the pain that I'm I'm receiving, whether it's some strains like in my shoulder right now, um, or like this weird feeling, like when I turn my left to right in my spine, it just feels stiff and like, it's kind of like someone wants to lock up and like pinch. Um, so things like that, where they start to die down a little bit. And then by Friday, you know, Saturday, you're just kind of maintaining the body, whatever you got left. And then by Sunday, it's all right, how, how good can I make it through? And then you start it over again, you know, and you start it over again. And after the end of the game, you know, sometimes you make it through good where it's, that means nothing got worse. Right. So, um, but for the most part, it's like, okay, you know, now, now this is hurting. Like now I dislocated my finger, you know, now it's like super swollen, which I did a few months or a few weeks ago, or it's like, what else is new, you right. know? And then that kind of becomes the new priority you try to get. And now it's like, oh, now I'm not worried about my shoulder strain. Cause now I got to worry about my, you know, calf or my dislocated finger or right. my back or my neck, which is, you know, sore. So that is the cycle of going through the NFL. It's just trying to keep up with the latest and most, I guess, you know, obvious or most inhibiting injury that you have at the time and trying to get back out there. All right, Sean, you almost had the yell again. They put, That was a goal. They took the goal away. You almost had the yell again. I, I mean, I saw it. I'm watching. So the Dolphins play the Chargers. It's a game for everything. Tua, Herbert, Dolphins, Chargers. What would it look like for our crew if we were to come out to – I'm not saying we will, but if we came out to that game to check out Austin Eckler and the Chargers versus the Dolphins. Just, you know, see our friend, you know? Um, oh, you guys passes. got – you guys got sideline pass? If you have sideline pass, I'll say what's up to you, but you got to get them. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to get them from you. That's why I was asking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So, so that's last thing only. People have this misconception that we get free tickets. Like, we don't get free tickets. Like, okay. We have to pay for everything. So, right. okay. Anyway. All right. All see right. you, boys. Good stuff. Good, good luck against the Raiders. See you, man. Thank you. Rosen hey, I hope you are ready to dish out stories on the Gronkowskis, okay? That's all we want. <laughs> right? Only good ones. I'll tell you a funny story. We were recruiting Rob, I went to go meet with Rob, and I'm not gonna say who the other agent was, but uh, there was another agent that was there meeting with Chris, and this agent was trying to sign Rob as well, and as I'm, as I'm talking to Rob and trying to give a presentation, the other agent, I kept hearing him, you know, kind of interfere with uh, my conversation. He would like jump in and say that's not true, or. Anyways, I politely asked the agent, you know, that this was my time to meet with Rob that, you know, to politely butt out and, you know, continue to talk to Chris and, you know, let me finish my discussion with, with Rob. And uh, he wouldn't do that. So he started actually um, saying some insulting things and it became a distraction. So I said, Rob, I'm sorry. I got I got to call this guy out. So I said to the agent, look, uh, in a nutshell, you're either gonna gonna leave right now or I'm gonna make you leave. And the guy didn't wanna leave, but I essentially challenged him to a fight right there and then. <laughs> because, you know, and, and Chris will remember and I had front got pretty feisty. The guy decided he didn't wanna fight, he left, and I was I was really upset with myself because I felt like I lost my poise and that Rob and Chris wouldn't, wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. So I left the meeting and I felt like, man, I blew this. You know, there's there's no way they're going to be 
interesting agent that wanted to start a fight with another agent and was, you know, chewing that agent out and challenging him. And all of a sudden, you know, the dad calls Gordy. He says, hey, Rob loved that. Chris loved that. They thought it was super cool. You scored a lot of points. So that was (laughs) the, the moral. The moral of the story is never back down from a fight. It could cost you a lot of business. So when someone challenges you, stick up for yourself. Jabba, I don't know about you, but I feel like Drew can get Gordy Gronkowski on quicker than Chris can. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> At this point, after hearing this, 100%. Yeah, yeah you know, on. Gordy is uh, one of the most fascinating guys I've ever met. He's extremely humble. You would never know that he's a, a millionaire uh, businessman. You know, when you first meet him, he's very down to earth, never talks about his accolades, but he built up one of the top uh, gym equipment, fitness equipment businesses in the United States and uh, has done an amazing job um, as a a business executive and entrepreneur. But when you meet with him, you would be amazed with his humility, so down to earth, a lot of fun, doesn't come across as a millionaire. and And he passed it along to his sons. I mean, you know, Rob is one of the most uh, gentle, um, unassuming superstars you would ever meet. And and Chris picked something else up from his dad. And when Chris retired, he opened up his own business, uh, you know, the Ice Shaker and, and all the other great stuff. There it is. And they've just done an amazing job with that business. Uh, Chris has done better after football than he did even as one of the top fullbacks in the NFL. So... What I admire about these guys, they're a great example of not only being great football players, but also successful with life after football. And listen, you know, it's my dream as an agent when a player can say to me, Drew, I'm going to walk away from, you know, 10 million or more because I don't need it. I can make it off the field uh, because I put my money away because I've got these types of earnings um, in endorsements and marketing. And, and to Rob's credit, you know, Rob was able to walk away from the NFL on his own terms. Not many people can do that. Um, and a big part of that is that Rob is able to make just as much money off the field than he is on the field. And there's no doubt that he learned a lot as a businessman. Rob is a very savvy businessman. He's a, a tremendous uh actor he's gotten he's wonderful in the commercials and interviews and he's really developed his personality when i first met him um he was in a dorm room with a bunch of his friends in arizona and he was uh, probably uh, 19 years old and you would never know that he would go on and not only be a hall of fame tight end and probably the best to ever play the position but he's also a hall of fame businessman I, I think rob will go down as one of the greatest earners off the field and endorsements over his career than anyone that's that's played the game he'll be right up there with the Peyton mannings of the world and the brady's and guys like that Drew, that was very nice that was a great tribute to the gronkowski family and to rob and to chris and to gordy uh is rob playing for the eagles break news like when's he gonna come back You know, I would never rule it out because Rob's the kind of guy that could walk on a football field right now and dominate. And so I think, you know, he's always in shape, you know, and talking to him, it's, it's not something that's on 
the front burner, but I, I would never come out and say I don't think he'll ever play again, nor do I think it's it's anything imminent. But I'm, I'm not so sure we've seen the last of Rob on a football field. I wonder if Attaboy. this offseason, hmm. you know, circumstances – and again, this isn't any inside information. It's Drew, he my- looked good in Aqua. I got to be honest with you. You know, it would have been very interesting to see if the Miami Dolphins did sign Tom Brady, and then they did hire Sean Payton. If that would have been appealing to Rob, because he's always had a great relationship with South Florida. He does own a place here, and. That might have been a fun challenge for him to go to a new franchise, a city that he loves, and potentially play. But, you know, it didn't work out. Obviously, the Dolphins wound up um, hiring Mike McDaniel and and stuck with Tua. And, you know, to their credit, that uh, they're having a wonderful season. McDaniel is probably the favorite for the NFL Coach of the Year, in my opinion. And Tua's in the conversation for the league's most valuable player with the way that he's played. And it didn't hurt that uh, – I helped uh, orchestrate the trade that brought Tyreek Hill here to Miami. I live in Miami Beach, and there's not a day that goes by. I get even more comments about Tyreek Hill coming to the Dolphins than anything else right now. I mean, everyone down here really feels like that trade was the move that turned the organization around, and they went from a team that I don't think they've made the playoffs in in more than a decade, right now at 8-3, and three, they're one of the better teams in the NFL. Drew, I would have preferred if you sent them to the Jets, but that's fine. You orchestrated it down here uh, in Miami. But next week, I don't know if Chris has told you the rules to this particular podcast and the oh, segment boy. that we do. Uh, bring on Tariq Hill next week, okay? If you don't mind. If you can, if you can pull some <laughs> I'll be happy make it happen. To, I'll be happy to ask him. And, and you know, you mentioned the Jets, and uh, Tariq and I talked long and hard about possibly going to New York. And I think the biggest difference um, between the two, we, we were concerned about the Jets' quarterback position because, you know, Zach Wilson was only going into his second year and we had, we had a better feel for Tua. And, you know, also we looked at what Mike McDaniel has done in his past as an offensive coach And, you know, when you're talking about those kind of contracts, the the taxes matter. There's no taxes uh, when you play professional football in Florida relative to New Jersey. So, um, I mean, all those things were a big factor for Tyreek. And ultimately, it came down to a number of factors. But uh, Tyreek Hill was very nearly a New York Jet. Was Rob and Tom going to Las Vegas as close as they made it seem like it was? And did that get blown up by John Gruden? And then secondly, did Rob ever officially fill out retirement paperwork or is he just retired on his word? So let's answer both of those questions. The, the second one I'll answer first. There really isn't any paperwork that you have to file you can send in paperwork or you you know if you don't play you're you're retired so you can make your retirement official by sending in paperwork i don't to my knowledge rob hasn't sent any paperwork in and he doesn't have to he'll be eligible for the hall of fame five years from his last football game so you know players can retire and they get their benefits as soon as they reach out to the nfl players association in the nfl To answer your first question, I was not brought into the Vegas stuff. Rob never 
talk to me about Vegas. Rob did bring me into the Tampa trade, and I was involved in orchestrating the trade from New England to Tampa and negotiating the deal with the Buccaneers to sign Rob, but I was not involved in talking to the Raiders. So I can't say, you know, how far along that was. I'm sure if it got close, you know, Rob would have called me and said, hey, let's let's go to work. But obviously it never got that far to bring me into the mix. Can you imagine your brother playing anywhere else other than where Tom Brady is playing, mm-hmm. like the Philadelphia Eagles or any of those teams? Like, I can't imagine that. No, because it's going to be a whole new system, and he's going to come in. If he came back, it would be like mid-year. You have to go through a camp, which he's not going to go through a camp, so I can't see it. If he came back, it would be in a system that he's he's aware of. But with that, Drew, I, I do have a question for Drew. I want to know um, how many different cell phones he had to call when Rob got traded to the Lions mm. uh, until he eventually <laughs> called mine to yeah. get a hold of Rob because Rob's phone was already broken the entire summer. And he liked it, so he left it broken so that no one could call him. <laughs> you know, I could always reach I could always reach Rob either by getting a hold of Chris or or Gordy, his dad. Bobby Never Goons. had a problem getting a hold of Bobby Rob. Goons. That uh yeah, Goons is awesome. Reached out to him all the time. But what I will tell you guys is uh that Detroit trade was uh was really fascinating. What happened was Rob was toying with the idea of retiring that year. And we had kind of put the Patriots on hold in the spring, whether or not Rob was going to come back. And I guess Coach Belichick, I don't want to speak for him, but, you know, he waited and waited and waited. And really, once we got in, I mean, it was April or close to it, Uh, Once we got that far down the line, the Patriots decided to trade Rob to Detroit. And and I got a call from both teams saying, hey, we're we're acquiring Rob. And it wasn't public yet. And when I spoke to Rob, he said, you know, Drew, I've decided I do want to play, but I only want to play if I'm going to come back with New England. So I, I called both the Patriots and Detroit and said, hey, Rob will retire if he's not going to play with Tom Brady and the Patriots. So that trade was next. Rob and I flew to New England. We we met with Coach Belichick. We talked through, you know, the plans. And, uh, you know, Rob decided to play. And and that's how we got it in. And and they went in the Super Bowl that year. What's Belichick like to deal with? I think Belichick is – Coach Belichick is great to deal with because he's the decision maker. You know, usually you, you deal with a, you know, a executive who really has to report to either uh, somebody else, a president, a, a GM. It's really nice to deal with someone who's the coach and the GM. Um, doesn't have to bounce things off anybody else. Uh, coach Belichick runs the show and, and deservedly so. Uh, well, Drew, I'll tell you what, if Tariq Hill says no to next week, invite Bill on, okay? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you that mind. would be amazing. All right, let's get to the game. Last week, by the way, Chris Gronkowski, 3 2 and 2. K Funk, 3 2 and 2. Jabba, 1 4 and 2. The coin. Uh, Dojo for Mojo was 2 3 and 2. On the season, K Funk, look at you, man. 32 26 and 2. Jabba, 27 31 and 2. 
Chris Gronkowski, 25-33-2. Dojo, 2-3-2. Carl, 13-21. Mojo, 21-37-2. All right, you guys ready for this? You ready? Ready for the games? All right, Commanders at Giants. Giants plus two and a half. We go to K-Funk first. K-Funk, you're having a good season, dude. Who are you going with? Commanders are are super hot, uh, but I'm going to take the Giants at home. Okay. Let's go to Mikey A, who is filling in for Mojo. I'm not doing the voice. I'm just picking. Just give the fucking pick. I don't, I'm tired. I don't care about the fake points anymore. Give me the Giants. Mojo. Give me the points. You, you think of the Giants? The points? Yes. <laughs> you think of the Giants and the points. Billy, do you have Carl Douglas's pick? Carl picked the Giants. All right. Carl uh, picked the Giants. Uh, do you have Chris Gronkowski's pick? I do not. I trust that Chris will send his picks. Chris, we'll just tweet Chris it will out. send yeah. them in. Yeah, sure, we'll just tweet it out. In. It's okay. All right, Chris will send them in. All right, Java heads is commanders, tails is giants. Flip it. Heads. All right, you have the commanders. Uh, let's go to Jaguars at Lions. Lions playing decent football the last, I don't know, five or six weeks. Jaguars coming off a big win. Lions plus one at home. We go to Mikey A filling in for Mojo. Who is Mojo going with, Mike? Jaguars build off that big win. I'll take the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, Billy, who does Carl Douglas have here? Carl has the Jaguars also. All right. K-Funk, who are you going with? I'll take the Lions. They, they've they been covering at home. I'll take the Lions. Uh, K-Funk, you're getting good at this, man. All right, Jabba. <laughs> Heads, Jaguars, tails, Lions. Jabba, flip it. Tails. All right. Let's go to uh, Dolphins at 49ers. 49ers. Four-point favorites at home. I'm going Mikey A for Mojo first. Go ahead, Mikey A. <laughs> Give me the Niners. All right, Bill, who does Carl Douglas have? 49ers. Let's go to K-Funk. K-Funk, go ahead. I'm going to stick with my team. Take my Dolphins this week. That a boy. Finally, I'm uh, finally giving the two a little respect, Billy. Good. Yeah, he Well, he's kind of earned it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's the MVP. I mean, <laughs> Lifelong Dolphins fan. It's kind of hard, man, you know? I know. All right, Job, are you ready? Uh, heads, Dolphins, tails, 49ers. Flip it. Heads. All right, you got the Dolphins. Well done. Uh, Chiefs at Bengals. Well done. He flipped the coin. Bengals plus <laughs> one and a half at home. They're taking on the Chiefs. Uh, who are you going with, uh, K-Funk? I think Chase and Mixon are questionable, right? I'm not certain on Mixon. I'm not, well, I'm actually not certain on either, but I heard that Chase was coming back this week. I heard that. They Mixon. said Mixon was trending towards playing. Question protocol or something still. All right, I'm going to take the Bengals here. All right, you're taking the Bengals. Uh, Bill, who does Carl Douglas have? He has the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, Mikey A, who does, who does Mojo have? Uh, Mojo will take the Bengals. Heads, Chiefs. Tails, Bengals. Go ahead, Job. Tails. All right, you have the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Final game here, Saints at Bucks. Tom Brady at home. Maybe Rob Gronkowski plays in this game. <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, K-Funk first. Bucks minus four at home. Take it on the Saints. I'll be at this game. I do not like the line, but Brady's got to get it together here. I'm going to take the Bucks. Mikey A for Mojo. Give me the Saints. Uh, who does Carl Douglas have, Bill? Carl has the Bucks. Job, are you ready? Heads, yep. Saints. Tails, Bucks. Go ahead. Heads. All right. So you have the... Uh, the New Orleans Saints. All right, those are the picks. So, uh, all right, guys, this was fun. No World Cup pick for Saturday. Oh, well, wow, United yeah, States great question. Netherlands. K-Funk, okay. good job. That should mm-hmm. actually be it. Who took the United States? We all did, right? Not me. Uh, no, not everybody. Yeah, not K-Funk. <laughs> all right. Uh, so who, who are you going with, K-Funk? Um, I'm half uh, Scandinavian over here. For I'm, I'm, I'm on the European side here. I'm going to take the Netherlands. Wow. Mikey A., who are you going with for Mojo? 
Uh, I'm all American, so I'll take America. Right. Mm, okay, good. Uh, Carl, and the Douglas, under. Carl Douglas is also all American. He's taking America. Yeah, I, I think that's we, safe. We don't need to text him. Yeah. Uh, all right, J- Jabba, are you flipping for this one? Let's yeah. just do heads, United States, tails, Netherlands. All right? Uh, Jabba, flip it. Heads. Yeah. <laughs> United States of against America, the, man. It's me against the world, baby. Yep. God bless football. All right, Bill, look at Chris Gronkowski finally delivers. Can't find his father, but he found Drew Rosenhaus. How about yeah, that? Mo- Mojo's also still, I thought Mojo was going to be on this week. I guess he was getting a haircut. The pressure's really on K-Funk what? now because K-Funk has been promising for weeks that he was going to bring someone on. And uh, now the pressure's on. I guess it's Joey Fatone or Bust, or we're going to get another Kosey Coleman. Well, hold on a second. Drew Rosenhaus promised us that he would reach out to Tariq Hill for next week. I, mean, I think he was lying. I'm just uh, gonna say I don't. I probably shouldn't say it that bluntly. I think he was lying to us. Really? Yeah. Shocking that I would believe an agent. I learned in it why Drew Rosenhaus is so good because he was in complete control the entire conversation. Oh my God! Yes, yes. The show no longer belonged to me and you. Yeah. It was Drew Rosenhaus hosting. God bless football. We were going wherever Drew wanted to go. By the way, Stu Gatz, it's been a while, and we've put out some polls between this and God Bless Football on the main show. Yeah. Uh, and the polls, by the way, are brought to you by Tommy John. Do you want to update some of these polls? Uh, yeah, I would like to update some of these polls. You're going to update them for us? Yeah, I'll go through, update some of these polls, because we really need to catch up on some of these polls. So, okay. All right. It's brought to you go. by Tommy John, right? Yeah, the polls, are, as always, are brought to you by Tommy John. Let's go back to some episodes of God Bless Football that we never updated polls on. Should the group stage just be PKs? 64% of the audience said yes to that one, Stugatz. Yep, just get straight to the sex, Bill. Yeah, oh, Uh, wow. Okay, so then this was a conversation that we had last week uh, with Austin Eckler and with Joel Klatt. If you can only choose three things to eat on Thanksgiving, would turkey be one of those things? uh, I would say I was surprised that you you didn't choose turkey. Joel Klatt didn't choose turkey. Um, Mike Golick didn't choose turkey. Uh, I'm going to say it came out like 65% no turkey. Really? Okay, well, it was actually 59.4% said no turkey, which was surprising to you at the time that no one wanted turkey, but apparently that's not an uncommon Mm. thing. So, guys, who's the queen of Christmas? Is it Mariah Carey or is it Dolly Parton? That obviously was from God Bless Football. (laughs) Was that Greg Cody? (laughs) Well, yeah, we were talking to uh, to Greg about it. I'm going to say Dolly Parton. Mm, Mariah Carey, 70.4% of the audience thinks Mariah Carey is the queen of Christmas. Do the most beautiful people have the stinkiest poop? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because I imagine, I said this yesterday on the show, when Pat Riley poops, it doesn't smell and he's Mm. beautiful. Well, 79% of the audience agreed that the most beautiful people had the stinkiest poop. Do you know what the drawings of lots is? No. Yeah, neither does 64% of the audience. Do you feel bad for Mike Ryan Ruiz's Ecuadorian friend, Jose? No. Yeah, neither does 60% of the audience. Can Americans name 48 countries? That is a lot of countries. You think you could? I don't think that you could name 48 states, and I probably couldn't either. I know them. I know their states. But You don't think like, I, you want me to do it right now? We're so over. Why not? Go ahead. You should hashtag right here. If you've made it to the states or something like that, yeah. If you if you're this far, do hashtag states and then start <laughs> typing out all the states you can off the top of your head. No cheating. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Arkansas. You writing these down? I'm just gonna count on my fingers. Arkansas, Alabama, uh, Montana, 
California, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, uh, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, Missouri, Maryland, Washington, Oregon, Utah, I'm losing track of which ones I said, Texas, Georgia. I think you did that one already. I did Georgia. I'm already on repeats. I mean, uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Tennessee, Illinois, Indiana, a place I'll never visit again. Mm. Uh, God, Iowa, Nebraska. I'm doing pretty good, Bill. I'm surprised to know this many. Yeah, um, like 37 or 38. I do? That's what Idaho. Uh-huh. Ah, uh, potatoes. Uh, did I say Colorado? It doesn't matter. You win. You, you got okay. it. You're good name for you. <laughs> Can you be on the outside looking in and in the hunt? Yes. I mean, that seems can. obvious. Yeah. Yeah. 68.1% of the audience said yes. Those are the polls brought to you by Tommy John. Okay. So hashtag states if you've made it this far. Yeah. Hashtag states <laughs> if you've made it this far and just start typing out the names of states. See how far you can go. No cheating. All right, fun weekend, championship weekend in college football. Got a big World Cup soccer match. We have God Bless Football that's out as well. And then maybe the best slate of the year in the NFL, especially those 4 o'clock games. Uh, We have the Dolphins and the 49ers, and there's another great game in there, and I can't remember uh, who plays. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Do you know the game? Oh, it's the Chiefs game. Who are they playing? Chiefs-Bengals. Chiefs, there we go. Thank you, Billy. (laughs) We're tired. God bless football, everyone. God bless football. Have a good weekend. Hashtag States.